Glory, glory, glory. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so thankful he loves us. I am so thankful he believes in us. I am so thankful he hasn't quit. I am so thankful that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am so thankful we are taught the word of the living God. I am so thankful. I'm so thankful to be connected to this house. Please do not take this house for granted. Please do not take Pastor Justin and Annette for granted. Please do not take Dr. Savell, Miss Carolyn for granted. We are a blessed people. Mm. I was preaching in Oregon a couple of weeks ago and this lady come up to me. She received healing in the service and she was in her 70s and tears were running down her face. And she said, I've gone to church my whole life. And I've read the stories about Jesus doing miracles, but I'd never seen him do one until today. In her 70s. She said, I'd never seen a pastor pray for a sick person until today. We're blessed people to be taught what we've been taught. I am so thankful. Last week I was in Colorado and I was praying for this lady. She was in her 80s and she come up and she says, I haven't felt my feet in 10 years. And as I began to pray for her, her, her eyes just started bugging and she just started giggling like a little bitty girl and she just says I feel my feet I feel my feet and you might not know what that feels like until you haven't had feeling in your feet let's don't take our Jesus for granted let's don't take our father for granted. You know, I, I feel like my part, if, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Trey. You're probably thinking, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> Dr. Savell says that he's the worst attending member, but Pastor Justice says I have him beat. <laughs> my wife, Heather, and I were in the ministry and uh, we travel uh, just the last few weeks, I've been in Oregon and California and Colorado and South Carolina and Oklahoma, and I've been preaching uh, for days now, and I'll preach in the morning in Madisonville, Texas, and I start a revival in Oklahoma Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then we'll be in Wyoming Monday, and then Montana Tuesday, Wednesday, um, and so we're doing everything we know how to do to expand the kingdom of God. If you haven't got a chance to, to, to record our show, I know you're here on Sunday mornings, but you can uh, watch our show being your best with Trey Johnson on Direct, Dish, Roku, Apple, all the different ways. On Sunday mornings, you can just put my name in and it'll come up. Um, but, man, we're just an extension of you. We're an extension of you. And it's an honor to be connected to this house as we do what we do. Around the world, I still compete professionally in the rodeo when it fits. Uh, we we try to schedule it in. Of course, Ethan, Robert, Jared, these gentlemen, they travel all over uh, with us. They're part of the ministry and what God's doing. And uh, but we just want to say thank you, thank you for believing in us. Uh, my wife Heather, she's been getting to minister a lot as well, and. And yeah, if uh, you haven't heard her story, you can go to our podcast as well and listen to her story. I mean, she is a warrior in the kingdom of God, and um, it's an honor to call her my bride. So Heather, if you're watching, I love you. Um, But let's get into God's word tonight. We're just going to go until we feel like we're done. That doesn't mean I'm going to abuse you, okay? I'm going to do my best. To listen to the Spirit of God. But I really feel like the Lord wants you to know how important you are. Your gifts are very important to what God is doing 
in the end times. I keep hearing so strongly, Vic, in my spirit. I want my harvest. I keep hearing the Lord just, it just resounds. I was in Phoenix Friday night doing a a home-going service in the middle of a parking lot. Uh, And 35 people accepted the Lord at a home-going service. And as I'm ministering, I just keep hearing the Lord say, I want my harvest. And how is God going to get his harvest? Through you. Through me. It's not enough for us just to spectate. It's not enough for us just to be on the bench. It's very important that we're in the game. And, and not everybody's called to do what we do in the fivefold offices of ministry, but you have a ministry. You and your business and your gifts and your callings, you're very important. And it's time for us to be in our place and to tap into our grace more than ever before because God wants his harvest. I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. Verse 16 says, from whom the whole body, is that you? The whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the, to the effective working by which every part, every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I want to read it again. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every part... Say, that's me. me. Does it share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love? You're very important to God's plan. You're very important to God's dream. You're very important to Pastor Justin and Annette. You're very important to Dr. Savelle, Miss Carolyn. You are very important to the body of Christ. You're very important. But a lot of times we want to wait until maybe we have a certain amount of money to do our part. Sometimes we want to wait until we have a certain degree until we do our part. Sometimes we want to wait until the kids graduate school or we want to wait until the grandkids show up or we want to wait until the kids do this or we want to wait until we feel qualified. We want to wait until and it's time to stop waiting until nothing. It is time to get in the game. The time is now for you to be who God's called and created you to be. It is time for you and I to get off the bench and to get in the game. It's time for business owners and people in the marketplace. It is time for you to prosper and increase. It is time for you to flourish and thrive. It is time for you and I to be in our place, to tap into our grace, to run our race all for the glory of God. It is time no more waiting until. That's right. Say it, it's time. Tonight I want to encourage you to keep believing big, but be willing to start small. Believe big. Say it, believe big. Start small. Believe big, start small. I want us to look at 2 Kings chapter 4, if you can pull this up for me real quick. 2 Kings chapter 4, and I want us to look at this passage of scripture. 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to read out of the uh, NIV Verses 1, and it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out of Elisha, cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slave. 
Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then they all stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. You're very important to the plan of God. So it's time to believe big, but be willing to start small. See, to add value to the people you're called and created to reach in order for us to do our part. Remember, we're doing our part. Each joint does its part. We've got to be willing to use whatever we have, wherever we are every single day. The woman came to the man of God and she said, you know that my husband revered the Lord, respected the Lord. And he said, okay, what do you have? What do you have? We're not waiting until we have a certain amount of money. What do you have? He said, what do you have in your house? See, to add value, to do our part, we've got to be willing to use whatever we have, wherever we are every single day. We've got to be willing to keep believing big, but be willing to start small, using whatever you have, wherever you are every single day. God is not asking you to use something that you don't have. He's asking us to use whatever we have, wherever we are every single day. He is encouraging you and I to do our part, to keep believing big, but be willing to start small. Yes, sir. Say it, use whatever I have, wherever I am, every single day. That's how I do my part. Be willing to start small. But keep believing big. Remember in Matthew 14, you don't have to turn over there. I'm going to refer to a lot of scripture because it's only the word that doesn't return void, right? You're used to scripture here. Matthew 14, remember there's 5,000 people, not counting the men, women, and children, 20,000, some say, and, and Jesus is sitting there and he's ministering, he begins to have compassion. And the disciples say to Jesus, Jesus, we need to, to let them go around so they can get something to eat. And, and Jesus says, I don't want you to send them away, I want you to give them something to eat. Right. And they said, well, all we have is five loaves and two fish. What did Jesus say? Bring it to me. Bring it to me. He wasn't asking them to use something they didn't have. He was asking them for what they had. Bring it to me. And he lifted the little that they had. It seemed so insignificant in the bigger picture, but they were willing to start small, but see the bigger picture. What was he saying to them? He was saying, bring it to me and I want to use whatever you have, wherever you are every single day to add value, to live a life of intentionality, to live a life of significance. I've got to be willing to use whatever I have, wherever I am every single day. I got to be willing to keep believing big, but start small. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you're a points person, start where you are. Start where you are. Remember the ice bucket challenge? How many of you, how many of you participated in the ice bucket challenge? Okay, you're lying. Just one person? Okay, there's, how many of you dumped ice water on your head several years ago? You didn't do that? Okay, a couple of you did. Thank you. Thank you for doing it. I did it. It was very interesting. The reason I'm telling you this is because this is 2014. Okay. Between July and September, 2014, one person just started with what they had and they challenged another person 
And then they dumped ice water on their head and it raised awareness. They're supposed to donate some money to ALS to raise awareness for it. So between July and September, they raised $113 million. Because one person was willing to start where they were. Now you back it up a year between July and September in 2013, they raised $2.7 million. But because one person started wherever they were with whatever they had every single day, they challenged, they started where they were, they raised $113 million, 28 million people participated on Facebook because one person was willing to start small. Start where you are. From this day forward, there's no waiting until. Start where you are. No more waiting until. Start with what you have. No more waiting until. Start taking a step. Psalms 37, 23 says, the footsteps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. No more waiting until we're going to start using whatever we have, wherever we are every single day. We're going to be willing to believe big, but we're going to be willing to start small. Start where you are. Start using the gifts that you have. Start where you are. Say it. Start where you are. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, I, 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 I went back to school at Texas Tech and I just had, I was hungry. I didn't know I'd be doing what I was, was doing now, and I, but I just wanted to make a difference. And so I didn't know what else to do. I was going to Bible studies. And, and so I went and I signed up for the Big Brother program and I would go down to the elementary school once a week and I would sit down with this little boy because I thought, well, surely I could at least, I mean, I, I, mean, I had, had to work at getting through school anyway, but surely I could help this young man. What was I doing? I would sit there and I'd help him with his math and his English. I was starting right where I was. And then there was a, uh, my spiritual father, Glenn Smith, he's in heaven now. And, and, I, and I found him and I, I started serving and, and I would do whatever he needed done. See, start, start where you are. When I started having a desire to be a top roper in the professional rodeo, I didn't start at the top. I was willing to start small. And I worked for, for a guy and I drove his truck and I saddled his horse and I cleaned the pens and I, I mowed the yard. I did whatever. I was, I was starting where I, I was. Remember when you were a little kid and, and maybe you don't remember a little kid. Maybe you, you remember a little kid and, re, and remember how excited everybody got when they was getting ready to walk. They would pull themselves up and they would watch. And nowadays, you know, everybody's pulling out their phone. Oh, here it goes. Here it goes. Here it goes. And they make such a big deal. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. Ah! And you have grownups just making this, this going bonkers. Come on, baby. Ah, yeah, yeah. And the baby's doing this. Takes one step. Ah! Why? Because that step was a big deal. That step you're going to take is a big deal. Sometimes we lose the reverence and the understanding of what a big deal it is when a person takes a step. In order for God's super to come upon our natural, we've got to be willing to take a step. We've got to be willing to start where we are with what we have to add value every single day. You are important to God's plan upon the earth, but you've got to be willing to start where you are and take a step. Remember Neil Armstrong, whenever he, he got on the moon, what, what did they say? One, one step for mankind and or one step for man and one giant leap for mankind. What, what, was, what were we celebrating? We were celebrating a step. No more waiting until we're starting where we are. Say it, start where you are. Look at your neighbor and say, start where you are. And start, point number two, start with the main thing. What's your main thing? God isn't going to ask us to do something that we don't have the ability to do. What I mean, it's in you. You might not have discovered it yet, but it's in you. And whenever you take a step, it activates the gift. It activates the calling. It activates the power of God. The power of God is never activated just because we come to church. The power of God is activated whenever we do the word of God. It's only the doers that get results. It's not the churchgoers. It's not the Bible toters. It's not the bumper sticker havers. It is the doers. So we want to start where we are and start with your main thing. What's your main thing? What's your gift? 
What's your talent? What's your calling? What's your passion? Start where you are and start with what you have. Remember, what do you have in your house? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Use whatever you have, wherever you are, every single day. Start where you are and use your main thing. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. Would you pull it up in the Amplified Translation? Start with your main thing. As she's pulling it up in the Amplified Classic, I want you to think about Matthew chapter 25. Remember when Jesus, he's telling us this parable and he says there was a, there was a, a master who gathered his servants together and he gave, stay with me here and then we'll look at that scripture, Okay. Matthew chapter 25, and he says, okay, to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And the one with five went, and he multiplied it and gained five more. And the one with two went and multiplied it and gained five more. And the one that took the talent and went and hid it, and it upset the master. He said, you should have at least put it in the bank and gained interest. See, God is a good investor. And he wired you for such a time as this. He gifted you for such a time as this. You're very important to God's plan. You're very important to the body of Christ, but you've got to be willing to start where you are and start with your main thing. Not my main thing. You start with your main thing. What is your main thing? Romans eleven twenty nine. Let's look at this. In the Amplified, it says, For God's gift and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given, and he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. I want to read it again. For God's gift, whose gift? His call. Whose call? Are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given, and he does not change his mind. He does not change his mind about you. He doesn't change his mind about what he put in you. He doesn't change his mind about why you're here. He does not change his mind. I don't care how much dope you've smoked. I don't care how much whatever heroin you've shot. I don't care how many people you've slept. He doesn't change his mind about you. It is his gift. It is his call. And it is his grace in and on you. And he's doing this. Remember, he's saying, come on. Bring whatever you have, wherever you are, and use it every single day because it's my gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You didn't work for it. You simply receive it. You discover it, and then you do it. You activate the grace of God simply starting where I am and start with your main thing. Start with your main thing. Start with your main thing. What's your main thing? Look at your neighbor. Say, do you know your main thing? Look at your other neighbor. Say, start with your main thing. Number three, start where you are. Start with your main thing and start watching your words. And I know you know this, but let's think. Let's think. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: the power of life and death is where? Not in our earlobe. It is in our tongue. Right? Power of life and death is not just in the mind. It is in the It's in the tongue. Remember what James says? James chapter three, he says, man, our tongue is like a rudder on a ship. And even though there's these big waves and big winds, if that pilot will keep turning the rudder, that ship's going to turn. He says, your tongue is the same way. No matter what you're going through, if you'll keep speaking God's word and you'll keep speaking life over your body and life over your family and life over your destiny and life over your main thing and life over your gift and life over your grace and you get in agreement with God, you're going to turn the direction using whatever you have, wherever you are every single day because you've got the guts and the spirit of God on the inside of you to take a step. I'm just going to start right where I am and I'm going to take a step and I'm going to use my main thing and I'm going to keep speaking life, even though all hell comes against me, I'm going to keep declaring I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. I am blessed. I am victorious. So make sure that your words are taking you in the direction that you want to go and not taking me away from what I say God's created me to do. Are your words taking you towards your healing or are they taking you away from your healing? Are your words taking you towards prosperity or are they taking you away from prosperity? Are they taking you to your destiny or are they taking you away? There's one lady, she said that she journaled every day, 
And at the end of the month, she would go through and she would find words that jumped up at her. So, and then when she find the words that didn't agree with the direction she wanted to go, she would change them. So she kept writing, I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated. She would cross it out and she would change the word to fascinated. If she kept saying, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. She marked it out and she said, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. Remember, it's not the triers. It's the who? It's the doers that get results. So, so, so how do we use whatever we have, wherever we are every single day, we do it by starting right where we're at. And we do it by discovering what God has placed on the inside of us. And then we do it by continuing to speak in agreement with what God's word says. Number four, start making small changes. Start making small changes. Don't try to make huge changes. Take small changes. Remember, people change whenever they get, things get so bad they have to change. People change whenever they learn enough, they want to change. But the main motivating factor for change is when a person realizes, I can change. I can change. I don't have to stay an addict. I can change. I don't have to stay broke. I can prosper. I can change. I don't have to keep thinking the way that I think. I can change. Anybody in here can change? Yes. Whenever I first gave my life to the Lord, you've heard me tell this before, but I, I was so overwhelmed because I was addicted to this. Addicted, I was a complete mess. And so I, it was overwhelming to me. So I backed it up and I began to think, okay, can I at least think one better thought today than I did yesterday? What's the answer? Yes. I get the next day. Can I at least think one better thought today than I did yesterday? And I would learn a scripture and I'd connect my mind and I would get up the next day. Can I at least think one better thought than I did yesterday? What was I doing? Instead of trying to change everything, I was just changing just 1% today and I'd get up and 1% tomorrow and the next day 1% and 1% and 1% till I got to the end of the year and I was a completely different person. That's right. So start where you are. Start using what you have, your main thing. Make sure your words are in alignment with God's word, his purpose and calling and destiny for you. Say, that's me. Say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. From this night forward, I'm a doer. I'm going to make small changes. What's some small change you can make? Maybe you, you could restructure your schedule. Maybe you sh- could restructure your time because what we do with our time determines who we become, where we go, and what we do. Time is the currency of life. Remember Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17? He says, making the very most of your time, buying up each opportunity, redeeming the days. So in other words, when we learn to use our time starting right where we are and we're using our main thing and we're speaking in alignment with it and we're just making small changes, what are we doing? We're investing in ourselves. We're investing in what God invested in. We're taking what God put in us and we're multiplying it. If you were to, to invest in yourself or think of it this way, if you were to take a penny and you were to double the value every single day for 31 days, you wouldn't have a hundred, you wouldn't have a thousand, you wouldn't even have a million you'd have $21.4 million in 31 days. That's what begins to happen when you and I develop in who God has called and created us to be. Remember, you're very important. But in order for us to add value to other people, we've got to see value in ourselves. And so if you don't see value, you can't add value. And you need to know you are very valuable to the things of God. You are very valuable. It is important that you do your part, that I do my part, that we do our part. Why? Because he wants his harvest. So we're going to start where we are and we're going to use the main thing and we're going to keep speaking and declaring God's word in the direction that we're called and created to go. And we're going to start making small changes, not big changes, say it, not big changes, 
I like to work out and everything, and, and we go to the gyms and we travel and everything. I've had a lot of, you know, top athletes work out with me and everything. They haven't worked out in a long time for some reason. They come in the gym and they're like this. And I'm thinking, you better pace yourself. I'll tell them. I said, don't, don't try to keep up with us. So they do it every day and everything. And they do this next day. Why? Because they're trying to do too much too soon. Same way people all the time. Well, how much time do you study? How many, how many hours do you... Do? Don't try to, to pray for four hours right off the bat when you haven't even been conquering five minutes. Small changes. Let's gain some momentum. Okay? Say it. I'm, I'm willing to believe big. But I'm also willing to start small. Remember Isaiah 119, those who are willing and obedient, they'll eat the good of the land. So we're going to start where we are. We're going to use our main thing. We're going to keep speaking life in the direction we're called to go. And we're going to start making small changes. Say it, small changes. Are you thinking about how you can put this into motion? So, so not only are we starting small, we're going to believe big. Say it, I'm going to believe big. I'm going to believe big. Mark 9, 23 says all things are possible to him who goes to church, who has a Bible, to the person who's willing to believe. Hebrews eleven six, one of Dr. Savell's favorite scriptures. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, but those who come to God must believe that he is and he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We must believe. Well, what do, we, what do we believe in? Of course we believe in God, and we'll get to that here in a moment. But, but I want to encourage you to believe in yourself. Amen. Believe in yourself. Now, we know what Jesus tells us in John chapter 15. He says, without me, you can do nothing. And we know without God, we're nothing. Without God, we, we can accomplish nothing, but we're not without God. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I want to challenge you tonight. Believe in yourself. If you were to rate your belief from a one to a ten in yourself, what would it be? Believe in yourself. We always talk about the importance of relationships and who you hang out with. It does matter. But you know the best friend that you need is you. Because you're going to listen to you more than you do anybody else. You're going to take your advice more than anybody else's. You need to like you. So if nobody likes you, you should start with yourself. And I believe it will ripple. (laughs) Because we can't give something we don't have, right? Remember, you're very important. You're very important to God. And it's important that we believe in ourselves. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, you can look at it in your own time. Remember, David was doing what God had assigned him to do, and they go off and they kick tail and take names. So they come back to Ziklag, and the enemy had taken his wives and his family and everything that they had, and then everybody turns on him and gets ticked. So what did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. What was he doing? He was believing. He was stirring back up. In, in the New Testament, we have the Spirit of God. In the first, Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 7, he says, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Stir it up. Stir up your passion. Stir up your desire. Believe that you have what it takes to do what you're called and created to do, regardless of what anybody else has said about you, your mom, your dad, your friends, your family, the devil himself. You let him know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Believe in yourself. You've got to believe that you have what it takes. You've got to believe that you have the grace of God. You've got to believe that God sees something in you and he put that gift in you, that grace on you because he saw other people because you're very important to his plan. But you got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, believe in yourself. Not only is it important for us to believe in ourselves, but believe in our mission. Believe in your purpose. Proverbs 19, 21 says, the purpose of God remains forever. Do you know your purpose? Do you know why you're gifted the way you're gifted? Why you're wired the way you're wired? Why you're designed the way you're designed? Do you know the purpose for your business? Do you know the purpose for your calling? Do you know the purpose of your passion? 
Believe in yourself, but believe in your mission. Believe in your purpose. Isaiah 45, verses 9 through 13, it says, The creation should come to the Creator and discover what we are put on this earth to do. Not us come to the Creator and say, This is what I'm going to do. The saying that you always hear growing up, Well, you can be anything you want. That's a lie. You can't be anything you want. It is our job to be everything God has created us to be. Not anything we want, anything he wants. I will be everything he wants. Believe in your purpose. Have you started discovering why you're here? One of the things that just stirs me is, is when people come up to me, however old they are, and they say, I don't know why I'm on this planet. God wants us to know why we're here. He wants us to use whatever we have, wherever we are every single day, all for his glory. You're very important to the things of God. Don't you forget, say it, I'm important. I'm important. I am valuable. I am valuable. You're valuable to God's grace. You're valuable to God's plan. You're valuable to the body of Christ. So believe in yourself. Believe in your mission. Believe in your mission. Part of discovering your your purpose, your mission is taking a step. Remember, I'm going to start where I am and I'm going to start using what I have, my main thing, and I'm going to keep speaking what God's word says, even if I don't feel like I'm valuable, or even if I don't feel like I'm worthy, even if I don't feel like it. Well, you don't feel like you're saved a lot of time. You sure don't act like you're saved all the time, but you are because that's what the word says, right? (laughs) Part of discovering our mission is being involved with other people's mission. Be involved. Just like part of being, that's why we stay connected. Even though we're traveling all over the place, we stay connected here because it's, it's bigger than we are. Luke 16, verses 10 through 12, it says, when we're faithful with other people's assignment, then we position ourselves to receive our own assignment. Believe in yourself, but believe in your mission. And a part of discovering your mission is be a part of other people's mission. Be a part of other people's assignment. But not only is it important to believe in yourself and believe in your mission, your purpose, but we've got to keep believing in other people. It's easy to get hurt. It's easy to get offended if we let ourselves. But we cannot fulfill our assignment without believing in people. I remember that one of the last churches I was pastor and I, you know, poured years into the associate pastor and the family and I was going to turn the church over to them as I went and started another church and got them into a 14,000 square foot building. The church was growing and flourishing and thriving. And I kept asking the Lord, if there's anything hidden, reveal it. Anything hidden, reveal it. Sure enough, boy, started stuff coming out of the deal and I had to, to let him and his wife go and it was just, oh, it was just, it, it just, it hurt me. And I'm walking through the children's department and I'm praying and everything and just I'm hurt on the inside and, and just the spirit of God on there says, don't you quit believing in people. I was like, well, Lord, and this, you know how we do, you know, well, Lord, you, you, like he don't know what's going on. He said, don't quit believing in people. He says, you can't just flip on a switch and believe in a God you can't see. If you don't believe in people, you can see. You think about how God has put leaders into our life, spiritual leaders, and to the degree I can obey a leader I can see, it empowers me to believe a God I can't see. Because I can make a God I can't see say anything I want him to say. We've all done it, haven't we? So that's why it's important that we just don't hear God's word, but we do God's word. And to the degree that I can obey what's being taught by my spiritual leader, it empowers me to be led by my spirit. It empowers me to follow a God I can't see. People are going to talk about us. They're going to leave. They're going to, we have all kinds of stuff to get offended, but don't quit believing in people. You think about the greatest assignment on this earth is for you and I to share the goodness of God. 
Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Who's he using? People. Just like you and just like me. God hasn't quit believing in people. So if God believes in us, we should believe in us. If God believes in people, even with all our mistakes and all of the mess ups and everything else, we should believe in one another. Don't stop believing in people. So believe in yourself, believe in your mission, but believe in people. Say it, believe in people. Start, start with the people in your life. Look around. Just do a quick examination of the people in your life. Do you believe that they can do it? Do you believe that they can come back to God? Do you believe they can fulfill their purpose? Well, you believe you can fulfill your purpose, so why not believe that they can fulfill their purpose? God rescued you and set you free and delivered you and was merciful to you and gracious to you, so why wouldn't he be able to touch them the same way he's touched you and I? Even the people that tick you smooth off, you know God loves them just as much as he does you. (laughs) Some of you having to think about that, I can tell you like, whoa, I don't know about that. Believe in people. And of course, the greatest thing we can ever do is believe in God. There's a man by the name of Bob Bob Pierce who started World Vision Foundation, and he talked about God Room. And what God Room is, is the gap between us and what God can do. Am I leaving God Room to show up? Am I doing everything I can do in the natural, but expecting God's super to come up on my natural? Am I expecting Ephesians 3.20 to come to pass in my life? God is doing exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think according to the power that's at work on the inside of me. Am I leaving room for God? So I believe in myself. I believe in the mission. I believe in other people. And I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe, God, that you can do a work in me and through me to change the world around me. I believe in you more than I believe in anything. Because, see, when we choose to believe, it always lifts us to the next level. Proverbs 18, 16 says, a man's gift will make room for him. But when you find your gift, your main thing, you start where you are and you work with your main thing and you choose to connect belief to it, it's always going to lift you to a new level. See, people didn't believe that I could change my life when I accepted the Lord 20 some odd years ago, but I did, and I did. People didn't believe I could compete and win the rookie of the year in the professional rodeo, but I believed, and I did. People didn't believe that I could plant and start churches and everything. One church I started, it was against the law to have a church in the city limits. So I had to go through the the city council and all that type of stuff, and they rewrote the bylaws. They didn't believe that I could get it done, but I did. And I did. When I went back to traveling and ministering, I had people telling me, you're missing it. You better not go back to traveling and ministering. You better just stay put and pastor because I was overseeing three different churches at the time and doing this. But I believed I heard God and I did. And I did. And now millions of people's lives are being affected every week. See, you got to believe in yourself and believe in your mission. Believe in other people and believe in God. Believe in God. You're very important. You're very important. Saying I'm very important. So tonight, I'm going to challenge you to keep believing big, but be willing to start small. Tonight, I'm going to challenge you to start right where you are. And I'm going to challenge you to get to discovering and using your main thing, not somebody else's main thing. And I'm going to challenge and encourage you to keep speaking in alignment with what God has said about your destiny and future. And then I'm going to challenge and encourage you to just start changing a little bit at a time. And then I'm going to challenge you to every day you get up and you believe in yourself. You believe that God has wired you for such a time as this. You believe that his grace is sufficient. You believe that angels are assigned to you because they are. You believe in yourself. And every day you keep your thumb on the heartbeat of your mission. Are you doing what you're called and created to do? I was speaking the other night and this guy, he says, man, your schedule just wears me out looking at it. He says, how? How do you go like you go? How do you stay motivated? I said, as long as I keep my why in front of me, I stay motivated. My why is I want people to know God and I want them to be the best them they can be. 
my main areas of giftedness, ministry, leadership, and roping. So when I'm ministering, doing leadership conference, roping, whatever it is, I'm asking myself, is this helping people know God and is it helping them be the best them they can be? So you believe in yourself, you believe in your mission, you believe in other people, and you believe in God. I want us to believe God for, for big, for the impossible in the natural. I'm going to give you these three things whenever it comes to discovering your why, and then we're going to be done. Do you know your why? Because you're very important, and in order for you and I to function and hit on all cylinders, we got to know our why. And I learned this from one of my mentors, John Maxwell, and I'm going to give you three questions. What do you cry about? I'm not saying boo-hoo, wah-wah, you're pulling your ear full of doubt and unbelief. I'm asking you what moves you at your core. When you're around it, when you're listening, when you see this, I mean, it moves you. What do you cry about? Studies say that Abraham Lincoln, whenever he saw the slaves getting off the boat, he would grip the rails and he would grip it so tight and it moved him so deeply that blood would start pouring out the palms of his hand. What do you cry about? What moves you emotionally? What bothers me is when people do not know why they're on this earth. I'm, I speak in every different type of denomination. And what moves me is whenever religion tries to put the devil's job description on my heavenly father. I've got a good earthly father and I'm a nice guy. But you talk about my earthly father, we're going to have to deal with some things. When it comes to my heavenly father. Don't you lie about my heavenly father. He's not putting cancer on anybody to teach anybody anything. He's not putting poverty on anybody to teach anybody anything. What moves you? When you look back at your childhood, when you look back years ago, when you look back whenever you're in certain situations, what stirs you, what moves you, what hits your buttons on the inside? So, so what do you cry about? What moves you emotionally? What do you sing about? What do you sing about? When, you're, when you're, you have a spare moment in your mind, where does your mind go? And I'm not talking a beach with an umbrella drink. That's not what I'm talking about. It's going to have to do with people because the most important thing, the greatest asset to God is people. Yeah. I want to make God as rich as I can, and he counts his wealth in people. Yeah. What do you sing about? What brings you joy? What, what brings you fulfillment? What, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. What are the three R's, the three R's in my life? When, you, when I'm thinking about what's required of me, what gives me the greatest return, and what gives me the greatest reward. So when I say what gives me what's required of me, what is the things that only I can do? Because remember, I'm starting where I am, and I'm starting with my main thing. That was kind of Texan, wasn't it, Vic? Main thing. <laughs> What's required of me? There's certain things that only you can do. There's certain things that only you can do in your family. There's certain things that only you can do in your business. There's certain things that only you can do what's required of you. And then what gives you the greatest return? When I do this, there's a return attached to it. When I do this, there's a financial return. When I do this, there is a reward. The third R, a reward. It's fulfilling. It's satisfying. What makes you sing? What makes you smile? Whenever, whenever you do this, you just feel fulfilled. I ask myself this all the time. If money was no option, what would I be doing? I'd be right here, right now. If money was no option, what would I be doing? Third thing. So, so what, do you, what do you cry about? What do you sing about? What do you dream about? What do you dream about? Bring the, the what if factor in. What if you could make the biggest difference? What would that look like? What if God could use you to add value just a little bit? What would that look like? If you had all the resources, all the money, all the team, everything, what would that look like? What do you dream about? So what do you cry about? What do you sing about? What do you dream about? Because when you discover these things, it's going to point you to your why. Tonight, church, 
God wants you to know you're very important. Tonight, God is wanting to remind us that he wants his harvest and he's going to use us. But quit waiting until. No more waiting until everything comes into alignment. No more waiting until Pastor Justin waves his hands over your head and says, Shandai Bandai. No, we're going to start where we are. I don't even know if that's, I don't even know if that's his prayer language, but you get the point, right? <laughs> we're going to start where we are. We're going to start with what we have, right? We're going to speak in alignment with God's word. We're going to make small changes. We're going to choose to believe in ourselves. We're going to believe in our mission. We're going to believe in other people. We're going to believe in God. And we're going to keep our spiritual thumbs, so to say, on the heartbeat of what we cry about, what we sing about, and what we dream about all for the glory of God. Did you get something out of the word tonight? Can we give God praise? Father, we just love you so much. Yeah, let, let's stand to our feet real quick. I, I want to pray over you. And I'm, I, I'm believing God that some things are going to be activated on the inside of you, some dreams, some calling, some assignment, that, that some fears are just going to be uprooted tonight, that you're not afraid to take a step. Remember, just, just start where you are. Take a step. Say it. I'm going to take a step. I want to pray over you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray over each and every partner of this house. Now, Father, it is activated. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to breathe upon their gift. I'm asking you to ignite, to enlighten them, Father, that they know that they're precise, that they are accurate in their hearing of what you've called and created us to do. I resist the spirit of fear and complacency in the name of Jesus. And I speak to the winners on the inside of each and every part of this body. And I command you to rise up in Jesus' name. And that Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to recall these principles to our mind, to our heart. And that we're difference makers. We're using whatever we have, wherever we are, every single day, all for the glory of God. And I call this word sealed. By the blood of Jesus. And I thank you that it does not return void. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Can we give God praise one more time, Pastor Nikki?